Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast, the official podcast of Light Reading, covering the technology, finance, and people powering tomorrow's communications networks. I'm Phil Harvey, U.S. News Editor, and on today's podcast, we discuss the aftermath of CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. This monstrosity had more than 4,500 exhibitors showing off tech gadgets and services to what was reported to be about 180,000 attendees um, scattered across various hotels and convention centers. Um, In total, the whole show took up 2.9 million net square feet of exhibit space in Las Vegas. Just a massive show. So Light Reading's newest editor, Mike Dano, joins me to discuss the big carrier announcements from the major nationwide wireless providers. And he'll talk about just how close we are to seeing uh, 5G networks in action. So we've got uh, Mike Dano, just joined the Light Reading staff. We sent him to CES. He didn't quit, he came back. (laughs) He survived Las Vegas. And our our, uh, conversation is coming up right after the break. And welcome to the Light Reading Podcast, Mr. Mike Dano. Hello, Mike. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm glad to have you here. I'm glad to have you at Light Reading in general, but also um, uh, welcome back to uh, the land of the sane now that you've uh, escaped from CES. Yes, it's it's much better to be home than at CES. <laughs> how is the um, uh, how is the show in terms of uh, being? I mean, you had a bit of a shock. You were you you had taken a little vacation and then you went straight into CES. Um, is is that is that too much sensory overload for for a normal human being? <laughs> uh, it, it may well be. I you know the my my only saving grace was that I have been to CES uh, several times before, and you know as as anyone who has been there before knows, you start to develop some uh, you know pro tips in order to get around more easily, and so uh, I, I deployed all the pro tips that I, that I could in order to make my experiences, uh, as, as smooth as possible. And, uh, and actually it wasn't too bad. I, I was, I was happy with how the, how the show went, uh, previous years, you know, as, as anyone who's been to CES, I've been stuck in traffic, I've missed meetings, you know, this and that, but yeah. this time was pretty smooth. Yeah. Everyone's had their nightmare, uh, scenario yeah. where they've been caught, caught unawares of something happening around them. And then suddenly it changes the trajectory of their week. Um, but let's talk about what uh, what did happen and what people did manage to accomplish. Um, uh, the first thing I should do actually is plug your uh, video summary. If anybody goes to lightreading.com and searches uh, 5G for real, um, your video summary that you recorded with Dan Allen will come up. And that was a very succinct, very visual version. We're going to do a slightly longer version. So I guess the first thing I need to find out is... Okay, we've got the big carriers that are there. That's that is why we go to CES is because these guys are driving the agenda um, for a lot of what's happening in the consumer marketplace as far as devices and stuff, um, but also in the business world as well. Um, so between AT and T, Verizon, uh, and the combo of Sprint and T Mobile, um, what did each of these carriers manage to accomplish at the show? Sure. Um, and, you know, I would say I would argue that expectations among, you know, those of us who watch the industry were relatively high for CES this year in particular, because this is, you know, this is the year of 5G. 
uh, commercial launches are happening, you know, basically now and throughout the rest of this year. And, uh, you know, with this being the Consumer Electronics Show, um, I think expectations were that, you know, some of the carriers would come would come with, you know, guns, come to CES with guns blazing. And I I think the result was that 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 wasn't necessarily what happened. We did get some news. Um, but, uh, the carrier representation at this year's CES, uh, was, you know, it was, they were there, they were showing things off, but it it was not guns blazing. Um, and so in terms of what we actually got out of the carriers, we got kind of what I would say two main things. Um, the, probably the most, uh, visible one was that, you know, Verizon, uh, held their big, uh, keynote, uh, and they talked about 5G. Um, however, they didn't really say anything new. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead, what they did was they went through a number of uh, different demos. The, the the keynote lasted about an hour, and in that hour, they packed in probably five or six good, um, solid demos about what 5G will, you know, potentially enable in the future. And those demos ranged from, you know, how it could impact healthcare to how it could impact drones right. uh, and sort of everything in between. Uh, with the message being that you know enterprise use cases are are critical for Verizon and 5G. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. It was also kind of a, I guess a, a first, um, even though he's been a visible executive in the um, in the in the space in the telecom space, it, it was sort of the the first big kind of mainstream uh, uh, stage that uh, their CEO has been on in a while. Correct. Yeah, he, you know, he took over as CEO of Verizon, sort of in the middle of last year, from Lowell McAdam, and and Hans Vestberg is this is the CEO now at Verizon, and and yeah, this was his essentially his big coming out party. I mean, he's hold he's held uh, a few uh, investor relations events uh, toward the end of last year, but this is his first sort of big, um, you know, sort of public coming out events as the CEO of Verizon. Yeah, main, mainstream media, you know, all the big networks and also all the consumer media, which is kind of the um, that, that's that's what I would say is sets it apart, I guess, from his point of view. Um, so, yeah. So you talk about there's yeah, enterprise use cases are going to be critical for 5G. Uh, Verizon seems like they, they hammered that point home. Um, you had a bunch of meetings with uh, with uh, AT&T as well. Um, what what direction were were they going in or were they really there to talk about 5G? Was it more just sort of um, blocking and tackling for what they're already working on? Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, Verizon had that big flashy keynote and that was sort of the biggest one among the, among the uh, nationwide wireless carriers. But I, you know, all of the carriers were there at CES in varying degrees. I think AT&T certainly had the sort of the second biggest uh, profile there at the show and they did have their, um, the head of their uh, communications uh, business unit, John Donovan, also made a keynote appearance at, at CES. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, like you said, the, there was a number of Verizon executive, or sorry, there was a number of AT and T executives who were at the CES show, taking meetings with the press and, and sort of talking about the company's strategy. Uh, but again, the, there wasn't much that came out of uh, AT&T. They had a few sort of minor nuggets of news. Uh, they talked about deploying 5G in a couple of select locations, including a stadium and a hospital. They had a couple of uh, noteworthy smart city announcements. And then they also did say that they were going to launch uh, 5G nationwide by early next year. Uh, and so I thought that was that was uh, particularly noteworthy from AT&T. 
um, but what still it still didn't rise to the level of guns blazing. Yeah, yeah, j- j- just a tad below expectations, but at least something that was, uh, um, you know, newsworthy and a little bit different than uh, you know than what what their competitors had done. Um, so, uh, well, okay, well, that kind of wraps up the big carriers. Um, the other thing I'll plug to 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 get into sort of. Um, how Sprint is, is Sprint business in particular is um, preparing its customers for 5G and what they can do. There's a, a Mike did a great uh, interview with uh, um, Jan Yeldmacher. If I'm ki- I'm probably killing his name. I've, I've... I believe that's right. I, he did say that the uh, the uh, um, the translation of his last name is moneymaker Money. <laughs> but I, I couldn't say it i don't know how to say it I don't well, know then how i'll to just know. call him jan moneymaker um, he, he um uh he's a president of sprint business and he talked a little bit more in detail about um 5g test beds and how they're using those in an enterprise context and then to kind of tie that together i had talked to him at the big uh what, what used to what will be called the big 5g event it's our, our uh signature conference bce last year and um, during our conversation, he had really talked more about, you know, the, the idea of, of, of getting out to businesses to sort of generate interest in specific applications. And now it seems like they've moved that along to um, actual test beds where the businesses can, the enterprises can go and try out um, uh, applications in, in, in that sort of high bandwidth, low latency environment. So um, just pointing people to the wanted to point people to the, uh, the website just to search for, uh, uh, those sprint business, uh, video interviews, because they kind of help tell the, the story from the enterprise side. Um, yeah, in, certainly in terms of the, uh, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, and, uh, and, uh, uh, sprint was also there talking a lot about their IO, their new IOT platform that they launched late last year and they did have their the IOT uh, sorry the the chief of their IOT business uh, Evo Rook uh, mm. was also there at, at CES. So uh, IOT was a big focus for CES. So sorry, for yeah. Sprint at CES. Yeah, that and that's that's a I guess that's the other um, that's the other thing where I guess the carriers are really differentiating themselves a bit is sort of how, how not just taking advantage of the fact that you know kind of talking about when they're going to deploy, what spectrum they're going to use, all this sort of technology part of it, but actually making it real for people and like what do they see as the thing that's going to um, take off first and what what are some of the areas that they're going to uh, uh, double down on. Um, Since this is a consumer electronics show, uh, hence the name, um, you know, and, and since we didn't really get the the massive rollout of new 5G phones, uh, I didn't detect that there were a ton on the show floor. Um, what direction does it seem like you know the smartphone is going in uh, from from what you were able to to see and hear uh, at the show? Yeah, uh, the smartphone industry has been a, a, a fascinating one to watch over the past you know ten to fifteen years, and uh, you're certainly right. There was not a whole lot of um, interesting stuff in terms of smartphones. You know, there's been a lot of discussion about how the smartphone industry has peaked in terms of innovation. You know, probably five or ten years ago, there were all kinds of smartphones that looked there was all kinds of you know different keyboards and yeah. different features the form and form factors were crazy yeah all kinds of form factors and yeah you're right and 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 and, and uh, you know at this year's CES it's it's all rectangular black 
slabs of glass. <laughs> there, there is no difference. Um, and they all perform basically the same functions. I think the one, the one uh, uh, innovation that we did see at CES this year was the very beginnings of uh, foldable screens. And uh, it, it is unclear whether anyone wants a foldable screen smartphone, but we will be getting them uh, probably from a number of manufacturers throughout this year. And, you know, it remains to be seen how that will play out. Okay. Um, yeah, foldable screens are going to be a bit of a challenge, I think, to make people feel like they need them in certain aspects. I think there might be some specific devices that come out that um, that, that make the, the technology more appealing. And also, I need to call attention to, in case it shows up on the audio, my, my cat Rosie is, is now uh, impatiently asking me to both let her in the office, and then as soon as she gets in the office, she wants out of the office. So you'll hear a little cat conversation going on in the background, but rest assured, it doesn't... It, I'm not letting her program the podcast, so she hasn't touched any of the buttons, so everything's cool as far as that goes. Or at least it is for now. We'll see. You, you really never know. Um, yeah. She walks across the desk sometimes. It does make me nervous. Um, so what? Uh, speaking of silly stuff, um, what uh, you know, with CES, the, the other part of it being a consumer electronics show is that you know th- th- there's this desire to um, uh, to appeal to the consumer and, and to catch people's eye and to capture their imagination and also maybe to give them something totally unexpected. Um, what, what sort of, did you notice any sort of silly stuff or stuff that was just really out there while you were uh, walking uh, in between meetings? Yeah, you know, as anyone who's been to CES knows, there's just all kinds of stuff there, just all kinds of anything you can imagine is, is out there. Um, and I didn't spend a whole lot of time on the show floor um, probably, I think the the thing that I was not able to see, but I did I did see the the booth and I heard about it was that uh, Google had a huge presence at the show and that they did have a, sort of like a it's a small world ride yeah. Yeah, inside did. of their booth, and so yeah. I, I wasn't able to see it, but I think that's probably the most impressive sort of you know trade show. Uh, uh, you know, innovation that I've, I think I've ever seen. They um, put a lot of money behind um, really pushing the idea of Google Home and showing people, um, you know, animatronic use cases, <laughs> I guess, for for Google Home in their everyday lives and dreaming up these scenarios that everybody has to, you know, use Google Assistant or Google Home. And, you know, t- I, I, I admire the fact that they're tying it, you know, from uh, from the device to the, you know, to the home network. Like they're trying to make it seem like, hey, this is just an extension of what you would normally do and you're just taking it with you. Um, and and, and to, to the degree that they're, they're making the technology, especially AI and, and uh, chat assistants and things like that, I guess a lot, a lot less scary and ominous. Um, and I don't know whether that's going to end up being a good thing or not. But yeah, exactly. Um, I think that that was a big theme that I got from the show. That is sort of outside of you know telecom and wireless, but it, it is that a digital assistant will be in everything. And that was what Google was showing off. That was what Amazon was showing off. It was you know those digital assistants were prop- popping up in a lot of different keynotes and demonstrations. And I feel like that was a huge takeaway from the show. Is just that everything's going to be talking to you eventually. The um, other thing about Vegas is that it's had kind of a renaissance in terms of uh, um, chefiness. Uh, <laughs> I know that's a food industry term, um, but no, they're just, they've they've uh, really stepped up their game in terms of uh, uh, food options. Did you did you have a chance? But of course, 
you know, I will say this for the, for someone who hasn't gone to CES, if, if you've never been to CES as a journalist, um, you're, you're pretty much your hair's on fire the whole week. Um, you're, you're under deadline and getting from place to place is, is, is paramount. And then you think about food only when it's probably too late and you've already um, started shaking and sweating from your blood sugar crashing. But uh, did you get a chance to have a, 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 what was the best meal or, or drink that you had uh, while you were uh, uh, at, the sh- at the show? Yeah, I did have a great uh, filet mignon dinner uh, with actually the rest of, uh, you know, as you know, Light Reading is owned by a big company called Informa, and uh, the Informa, the, all the employees who were from Informa had a big dinner uh, one night, and we all went and had had a delicious dinner that lasted way too late, and, uh, <laughs> and I was way too full afterward. But it was, okay, it was great. okay yeah. well, they, at, least they, at least they fed you. That's good. That's good to hear. Right. Um, what was the uh, longest walk that you had to take uh between meetings or from a meet, you know, from, uh, you know, your hotel to some other appointment. Yeah. You do a lot of walking at CES and I, uh, electively chose to take a 30 minute walk from the convention center to the win because that was almost the easiest way of getting there. Calling a cab is always a challenging thing at CES and I had uh, the 30 minutes to spare and it was a nice day and I didn't mind it at all. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Usually a 30 minute walk and it can either be, yeah, since you did it on purpose, it, it, I was about to say it can either be a, a, a pleasurable experience or it can just be a, a some, some, some a byproduct of terrible planning and you're cursing and kicking rocks the entire time. But exactly. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it was. Uh, it was. It was not that. Um, so, uh, last uh, question, I guess, it, just because I've gone to these things before, I'm always curious. Is in the press room? Was it? Was it uh, more or less crowded than you've seen it in the past? And were there uh, real press there, or was it just a bunch of uh, Instagrammers that were uh, hired by various, uh, you know, consumer electronics companies? Yeah, really. Uh, you know, I never did get to the press room this time around, and I <sighs> pro you know, move. I, I know. I attribute that to the uh, honestly, I attribute that to the fact that um, cellular networks are to the point now where you can, you know, I use my phone as a hotspot and connect my laptop to that. And I was I had connection all over the convention center. I didn't have to go anywhere to file stories. And I was very happy about that. Um, But in terms of uh, press, there there was plenty there. Saw lots of people. um, And I did attend. uh, There's a press event called um, it's put on by Pepcom. Uh, every year, and it was uh, packed chock full of uh, press. So I think uh, press this year, I assume, was similar to last year's in terms of just an overwhelming number. Definitely a pro move to avoid the press room. That is one. Oh, yeah. um, that, that is one way to uh, uh, streamline your schedule. And like you said, anymore you don't you don't really need that central repository to to use for a, you know a Wi-Fi hotspot or 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 to grab a snack or whatever it's it's uh, it's it's use is kind of diminishing except for a easy meeting place but on the ces show floor nothing is easy it's it's not an easy place to get to at all usually yeah that's true um well i'm glad you're again glad you're back glad you're with the light reading team uh, now that uh, you've had that um just uh uh hectic week, uh, as your first week, um, hope, hoping your next couple of weeks, at least until we get to mobile world Congress are a bit more smooth sailing and, uh, getting you settled in and, uh, um, and Hey, th- thanks, uh, uh, for, for doing your, uh, your first light reading podcast. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Boy, my cat's going into fits now. She's just like, she's so interested in whatever I'm doing. 
The Light Reading Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And of course, you can always find it by searching on the word podcast when you visit lightreading.com. If you'd like to sponsor the show or anything really, you can email sales at lightreading.com and someone will help you out. The podcast is mixed and edited by Tian Fu. The music was written and performed by Olive Music and it was licensed by Premium Beat. Do you have a question for the podcast? Drop us a line by emailing editors at lightreading.com or you can yell at me on social media. My details can be found at lightreading.com slash phil, P-H-I-L. That is all for this edition of the Light Reading Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.